Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Student Equip Podcast. We're excited uh, today to keep going uh, as we walk through the Apostles' Creed. Uh, and so today we are going to start the first of five weeks of talking about Jesus. Uh, so uh, obviously Jesus is Savior and Lord, which we'll kind of talk about today. Uh, and so it makes sense that a good chunk of the Creed uh, talks about him and his life. Um, and so, as always, Pastor Joe is back with us today uh, to give his knowledge and insight. Oh, um, and so, so the phrase in today's uh, in the the creed that we're talking about today um, is "and in Jesus Christ, His only Son and Lord." Uh, and so, kind of the grounding verse I had for that. Um, always want to take it back to Scripture. Uh, this one's spe- specifically talking about Jesus as Son is John three sixteen. Kind of a real easy one for that, right? For God to love the world that he gave his only son, uh, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. But Joe, what, uh, what verses can we ground, uh, or find the truth that Jesus is Lord in? Um, I think honestly, you can look all over scripture and see just where it talks about God being the Lord, right? I mean, you read through the old Testament and it constantly refers to God as the Lord. Um, and then, you know, in, uh, John chapter one, we see, you know, where it talks about in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So then it's equating Christ to God. So we can make the connection there, but I think even more obviously, um, I see it in the great commission in Matthew 28 and verse 19, uh, 18, um, Jesus, right before he gives the great commission, says, uh, it says, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Not some of the authority, not like, you know, I've got authority in heaven, but not on earth or just on earth, but not heaven. No, he is the Lord over all. Um, which is why when the apostle Paul, when he's you know writing the book of Romans, uh, he says in Romans 10, nine and 10, that if you declare with your mouth that Christ is Lord, right? It's this idea that Jesus really is the the King over all creation; that He's the one who has the authority. Um, if we declare with our mouth that Christ is Lord, believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, we will be saved. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I think the Lordship of Christ is is kind of all over Scripture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, you know, like a main main theme of Scripture in you know the New Testament. right it's almost like that's like the point that they're trying to make is that this (laughs) jesus yeah this carpenter from uh the first century was more than just a mere carpenter and actually you know the king of the universe yeah Um, so yeah cool well we're just you know like we did last week and we'll do every week we'll just kind of break down this phrase um and, and talk about it and so the first thing right we see is that uh is uh, and in Jesus Christ. Um, and so probably contrary to what some people believe and assume Christ is not Jesus's last name. Nope. Nope. Um, you know, I think, you know, names, they didn't really have last names in the same way we do, uh, today. Um, which is why I think you see in a lot of the genealogies, it'll say, you know, this person, the son of this person. Um, yeah, you had right. to actually trace it back in order yeah. to prove who you were. Yeah. So, so Christ is not. If Christ is not Jesus' last name, what does it mean 
What does Christ mean? What does it mean that Jesus is the Christ? So Christ is actually a title. Um, it's the the Messiah, the anointed one, the chosen one. Um, anytime I say the chosen one, I always get like, you know, like Matrix, you know. Matrix, Star Wars. Star Wars kind of vibes. Like, yeah. <clears throat> but honestly, if you think about it, Matrix, Star Wars, all of them are borrowing from scripture from the greatest yeah. story ever told of one who will come and save the galaxy, save the universe, save the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really that's what Christ means is that he is the anointed one, the chosen one um, by God who will redeem his people, who will accomplish the will of God, who will, you know, uh, fulfill the mission, secure the bag. I mean, however you want to say it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Christ is definitely not a last name. Um, in fact, oftentimes, you know, it was, it was you know, you were told, called by who your dad was or, you know, who your parents were or by where you were from, you know? So, you know, Jesus of Nazareth, uh, you know, Jesus, you know, son of Joseph, son of whatever Joseph's dad's name was, I forgot, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, or Mary and, you know, whoever Mary's mom was, mm-hmm. um, which do you remember that? Sorry, it's tangent. That church in Malta. Uh, yeah, it was dedicated to Mary's mom. Yeah. Anna. Which, was it Anna? I think it was Anna. It was an A or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's not even mentioned in scripture. So. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Christ is, like we said, it's a title. Um, mm. And it's one that uh, other people had tried to claim throughout you know, Jewish history. Uh, where they would try to declare themselves to be the Christ. They would try to declare themselves to be the Messiah. And I think what's really interesting is Jesus doesn't ever come out and call himself the Christ. Um, mm-hmm. He, as he's living, as he's you know going about his ministry, as he's performing these signs and wonders, other people are picking up on who he is. And they're like, no, 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 hold on. This is more than just a, a miracle worker. This is more than just a really good carpenter. This guy, I think, is the Messiah. He's the Christ. He's the chosen one who's going to save us. And, um, you know, obviously they had a misunderstanding of of what that would look like. But, Andrew, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Like the what their concept and what their understanding of what the Christ was supposed to do versus what he actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's a big, big difference between that. Big, yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, and I think. Obviously, you know, it's it was it came from a misunderstanding and misinterpretation of God's promises in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Because they especially at the time of, of Jesus, because they had gone through so much um, oppression and slavery and, you know, being under the rule of the Greeks. And now at the point of Jesus life, being under the rule of the Romans, um, that they haven't had freedom in a long time. Uh, yeah. And so they thought that God's chosen one, like the Christ would come and be a military kind of conqueror, um, which we know Jesus will come back the next time as a conquering King. Um, and, but they thought that was going to be his first coming, uh, that he was going to come and he was just going to stomp out the Romans, uh, and kind of put Israel as the powerhouse of the known world. Um, and that it would, everything would be perfect after that. They would, you know, they would be, be the big, big guys, uh, on the world. And so that's what they were expecting. Um, 
Which, yeah. I mean, when you look at like, you know, their history, like you just said, you know, that they had been conquered and then, you know, allowed to go back and then conquered again and, you know, went back to their homeland. It kind of makes sense that that's yeah. what they were looking for was, was a, a physical, you know, freedom for their nation. Um, <clears throat> but it also just kind of makes me realize like how short sighted we are mm-hmm. when it comes to what God's plans and purposes are. Like we get yeah. focused in on the here and now. And the Christ came not just for the here and now, but for the eternal salvation of his people, uh, of those who would declare that Christ is Lord. And uh, man, that's just like, you know, when you think about that, it's like he he really is bigger and grander than what we would anticipate. Yeah. And And he makes me wonder for myself, like, how am I underestimating God? (laughs) You know? Yeah. And, you know, that's the, the disconnect that they had or the, the gap was that's what they were expecting. And Jesus came as a baby to a poor family mm-hmm. and was humble um, and came, you know, he he came to save people from, you know, we know he came to save people from sin, from their, the, you know, the, the what was really enslaving them and, and oppressing them. Yeah. Um, and obviously Jesus knew that that was the most important thing to be rescued from um which i love like the name jesus or in hebrew uh joshua literally Mm -hmm. means the god who delivers like it's literally in his name like that's what he's (laughs) gonna do um and so that's what jesus came to do and they missed that like they so that's a lot of the reason why people didn't believe that jesus was the messiah because he didn't outright uh condemn the romans um you know and he even said when they asked him about taxes, he even said like, give to Caesar, what is Caesar's? You yeah. Know, like, so it Which was, like, he was complete opposite of, of who they thought the Christ would be. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know like some people feel kind of weird about the show, the chosen, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think if you read it with an, if you watch it with an open Bible, I think it can be positive. Yeah. Um, but seeing, um, Simon the zealot Mm -hmm. and how he was expecting Jesus to, to be the, you know, the physical liberator Christ of the Jewish nation, uh, is just really cool. And in the, in the show, obviously this part's not in scripture, you know, Simon the zealot has this dagger that mm-hmm. he's been trained to, you know, be an assassin with, because that's what the zealots were. They were essentially kind of assassins. Um, and Jesus takes the the dagger from him and looks at it. And it's like, this is really nice. He's like, yeah, I'm ready to use this to serve you, whoever. And Jesus takes it and chucks it in the river. And he just looks at it like, what? Like, <laughs> this is not what I expect, you know? And, and that's really the whole point of, of, jesus the christ um which is really probably how we should say you know, jesus the yeah. christ um the messiah is that he came to do something that we did not anticipate and that is to save us from sin uh not just from our physical oppressions yeah and i you know and that's why he he came the first time right but i do think it's, it's important to remember and we'll talk about this in a few weeks that yeah when he comes back, he will come as that conquering king. Oh, yeah. He will come as that, like, my people will no longer be oppressed. They're going to rule and reign with me and then spend eternity with me. 
I love reading about the second coming of Christ and just how like creation is like groaning and longing for, and I can't wait for us to talk about it, but yeah, uh, yeah man, when Jesus returns, it's, it's going to be a very different look. Yeah. And, I know. So I know we're going to obviously talk about it and, but just yeah. talking about, it, I was uh, reading, reading about it the other day and it's, or I could say the other day, it's like probably a month ago, but I was reading about, um, like when he returns, you know, he'll, it, Revelation says he'll come, you know, riding the, the white horse. Uh, and when he comes, he'll split the Mount of Olives in two. Yep. And it says that like all the world will, will see that. So it's like the fact that like no matter where you are on the planet, when Jesus returns, like you're going to see it happen. Yeah. And see all that. Like, so there will be, you know, the first time people could mistake who Jesus was. The second yep. time he comes, there's going to be no mistaking that he has come and he is exactly who he says he is. Well, you know, and I've always thought about that too, man, we are kind of getting ahead, but <laughs> like how, how will, how was that even possible? I remember when I was yeah. in middle school, yeah. you know, before we had smartphones and stuff, it was like, how will, how will everybody be able to see it? Right here. We got Facebook live. We got Instagram live. We got yeah. instant access to seeing what's happening in the war in, in Israel and Gaza right now by just looking on our phones, you know, and it's real time. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, you see the way that even technology advances. It just, it just points to this truth that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ who died on a cross, rose from the grave, ascended to heaven and is one day returning. Yeah. So, so there's your teaser for a couple of weeks. So there you uh, go. <laughs> coming back to hear more. Um, so, so, Jesus being the Christ means that he is right. The anointed one, the chosen one, the savior. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, but what does it mean that Jesus is, uh, is like the son or his only son? So this is where, you know, and, and definitely jump in here. Um, this is where I think that the concept of the Trinity, you know, really kind of starts to shine through a little bit more. Yeah. Because we see that, like I said, in John one, Jesus is the word, the word is with God and the word was God. Um, but yet was also with, right. And so like yeah. there's a distinction between the two. Um, and so the father, God, the father is, is, you know, usually who we are talking about when we say God mm -hmm. um, and we would call God, the father, the first person of the Trinity. Um, and Jesus Christ, the son being the second member of the Trinity, uh, being the son does not mean, um, that he was, you know, like birthed by God, uh, that there was a point in time where Jesus didn't exist, but then came into existence as a child of God. Um, I know like Mormons, uh, will hold to this type of view mm -hmm. that Jesus is just kind of the, the first creation of God, um, but is not co-equal or co-eternal with the father. And uh, we would reject that as an outright heresy. Yeah. Um, and so uh, it's not that Jesus was born of God, um, but it kind of is meant to show uh, the relationship between the father and the son. Um, you know, you think about these words, father, son, they have a relational context. Um, it's not just mm -hmm. like, oh, here's God one and God two, you know, or, yeah. you know, there's God a, there's one, an actual... one, God one, two, right? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's a relationship. There's relationship. And this just points to the fact that God is a relational being. Mm -hmm. uh, 
he's not aloof. He's not transcendent and and far off, uh, but he is transcendent and yet imminent, right? He's yeah. a God that's with us. And so uh, I think that even just the use of the word son um, points to the, the relationship that's there. So yeah. what are your thoughts? I think, yeah, no, I think I'm a, I agree with all that. And I think, you know, there, there could be part of it where it, you know, God uses language that we would understand to help us understand that relationship, right? That, uh, you know, we understand a, a parent child relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when he compares the Trinity, you know, to that and uses that language, it helps us kind of better understand what he's actually like, how he's describing himself. Yeah. Um, and I like, uh, the, um, I always think about it, the, uh, the Lutheran satire video uh, about the Trinity. Um, but they, they reference in that what's called the, the Athanasian Creed. Um, and it says this about the, the Trinity. And I think this is a good kind of just way to, you know, summarize it. Um, it says, we worship one God in Trinity and the Trinity and unity, neither blending the persons nor dividing the essence. For the person of the Father is a distinct person, the person of the Son is another, and that of the Holy Spirit is still another. But the divinity of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is one. Their glory equal, their majesty co-eternal. That, I mean, you know, yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, uh, you know, a lot smarter people than us wrote that creed. Uh, yes. You know, but, but it's good that it shows that they're, they're all co-equal. They're all, you know equally god yet they are distinct um and i think that kind of helps us understand there's there's you know it's a heresy this idea and you've kind of referenced this uh but that that jesus is subordinate or lesser than god uh than the father right and i think that comes from a misunderstanding of the language of father and son uh you know but we have to reject that as well, that Jesus is equal with the father and it's equal with the spirit. Um, but they're distinct. Yeah. And, you know, I think that you can even look at scripture, you know, and again, this is where we have to allow scripture to inform our understanding and not just our own philosophical reasoning, because you could say, well, yes, a son is not greater than his father. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like you look at my five-year-old son, my six-year-old son, uh, for the record, I have two. If anyone's listening, I didn't forget their ages. I have two, five and six. Uh, you look at either of my sons, and you'd say, "Well, they're not as capable as their dad yet." Uh, mm-hmm. So they're, you know, physically speaking, lesser than. You know, they can't yeah. lift heavy things. They can't drive a car. Um, you know, whatever. They can't, you know, hardly brush their teeth without me standing over <laughs> and making them do it. But. Um, but that's not what's being communicated here about the son and the father. It's not that one is powerful or more powerful than the other. And the other one is less powerful. Um, in fact, in Psalm 110, uh, it says the this is King David writing. It says the Lord talking about God, the father, um, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool. And then this is reiterated in Hebrews 1.13, talking about Christ. 
<clears throat> and the author of Hebrews says, uh, and to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Um, it's this idea, the Lord said to my Lord, right? And, and God even calls him, calls the son, you are my God. Does yeah. that mean that God has a God? Well, no, what he's, what he's referencing here is the fact that they are co-equal, co-eternal, uh, in power and majesty and glory. Um, and so, yeah, Jesus being the son is not saying that he's a lesser God or an inferior version. Um, mm -hmm. but he is fully, what is the, the creed say, or the, uh, uh, I forgot what it's called, but he is truly God, truly, yeah. man, you know, truly God, truly man. Yeah. No, and I think, you know, too, with the language is it's, you know, he's, I mean, obviously it, it's the language God used to reveal himself, decided to reveal himself with. Um, but it's also like in the new Testament in that, you know, God, when Jesus calls himself, you know, the son of God or the son of man, mm -hmm. that he's using language that was given in the old Testament. Yes. Um, you know, and so there's that aspect of it too, that he's, he's claiming that divine title, yeah. uh, during his life. Wasn't just pulling phrases out of the air. Yeah. yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I'm, man, there's, I mean, all of these, there's years of content we could make talking about all of this, like all of these oh. things. Um, and so, and, and even talking about this stuff just like reminds me of how, you know, how deep this stuff goes and how little I truly know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. The, the concept of Christ, of Jesus as the Christ, the son, uh, the Lord of creation, like all of these things are like, I, I can sit and think about it and like new things hit me all yeah. the time or new understandings or, you know, you say something or I read something and I'm like, Oh, I didn't think about sonship like this, you know? And so, you know, for anybody who's listening, go do some reading. I mean, you know, us talking about this is just a scratch on the surface. Yeah. So that's a disclaimer but, for all episodes that yes. it is not an exhaustive conversation on it. It's just a kind of helping you get a good kind of running start yep. to understand these things and, and begin studying them on your own. Yes. Yeah. Go read yeah. some old Puritans. Those guys were not perfect, but man, they thought deeply. Yeah. So... So then the last part, uh, talking about Jesus as Lord, and we kind of, you kind of talked about this in the beginning uh, with the Great Commission um, and, and Romans, uh, but what does it mean that Jesus is Lord? I mean, I think the word Lord in our culture, you know, I'm speaking from a Western American culture, um, Lord is, I think, often lost on us um, because we don't have lords and ladies you know, we don't have yeah. <clears throat> royalty in our society or in our culture. Um, and so I like to replace it with the word king because um, mm -hmm. it's it's just it's communicating the same thing. Yeah. Um, and, and Jesus king, even, you know, has the title king of kings. Yes. King of yeah. kings. Right. So, you know, there we go. Thank you. I'm not even totally unbiblical. <laughs> um, but it really is, you know, conveying that concept that he is over top, that he is the the king over it all. The closest thing that I think of in our society for Lord is a landlord. And, you know, yeah. Okay. You might think of some like, you know, weird sleazy dude who's like, you know, trying to scam stuff, you know what I mean? But, um, but really you think about a landlord, what's, what is that relationship? 
you're living in their house. They own it. They're the ones who's in control. They can kick you out. They have the authority. They have the sovereignty over their property to do with as they will. If they want to sell the house, well, you get no say in it as the renter. Um, And it really is kind of that same way with, with us and God, with Jesus, that he's the Lord. He's the one who has the authority over all things. Like we said in, you know, from Matthew 28, all authority, not just in heaven, but also on earth belongs to Christ. And uh, he's the one who owns the house. He's got the keys and he can shake things up how he wants. Uh, There's a total sovereignty involved in in this so yeah yeah that's good that's pretty pretty good example pretty good uh <laughs> explanation of uh jesus being lord uh, well you know and, and the thing too is you know like we were talking before the episode i'll just share it here um was as i was doing some reading earlier this morning this idea of jesus being lord really is all over scripture um and when we talk about like repentance right i think about that verse in Romans 10, because I use that almost every week when I'm giving a gospel presentation at Ignite. Um, You know, when we say declare with your mouth that Christ is Lord, that is the whole point of repentance, right? Like repent, if Jesus is the Lord, like if he is the king, then when we are sinning, we are just committing acts of rebellion. Um, We're trying to be insurrectionists to overthrow the authority, the lordship, the kingship of Jesus. And when we declare that Jesus is Lord, what we're saying is I surrender. Like I, I've been trying to overthrow you and I can't do that. And so I recognize the truth that you are the king and I've been doing bad things. I've been trying to overthrow you. And so I deserve the, the just penalty for my, my actions, which is death. And then that's where Jesus being a gracious King, instead of a, you know, a tyrant, a despot, it, you know, is he comes in and says, well, I forgive you. You recognize my Lordship. You believe that I am the one who overcame, not just heaven and earth, but also the grave. And so I forgive you. Um, so it really, it really does kind of all come back to this idea of Jesus being the king <clears throat> and we are to submit to his, his leadership, um, his lordship, and live under his rule and reign. Yeah. I know when you said that before we started recording, I was like, man, that's, that's one of those where I was like, I've never thought of it that way. And that's so good. That really repentance is, yes, confessing our sin, but repentance is, is in a way a, a resubmitting to the lordship of Christ, of recognizing, like you're saying, like I've done wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm coming back to you and yeah. recognizing you as Lord. Um, and so I think that's kind of one answer to the next part of the question of what is it what does that look like in our life? Jesus is Lord is is we submit to him as yeah. Lord. Um, I think part of it too, what it looks like is is Jesus as Lord, as the king, he, you know, he has a design for how everything should work. Uh, he's laid out in scripture how we are to live, you know, if we claim him as Lord. Um, I think just kind of a, on a very broad, basic level, that's what it looks like in our life is following those those guidelines, um, those boundaries. And 
you know, I think we have to, a lot of times when we hear the word guide or like guidelines or boundaries or restrictions, we always think that they're a bad thing. Yeah. And so we're, you know, well, I don't want to be a, you know, be a Christian because God takes all the fun out of life. He doesn't let me do anything. Like, like, yes, in a way that like, there are things God tells us, Hey, you shouldn't do that, but they're life giving boundaries. Like they're always for our good. Like no kid, I always use this example. No kid on a playground likes a fence. If you no. put a fence, fence up on the playground, the only place they're going to be most of the time is at the fence wanting to cross the fence. Right. But without that fence, they're going to get smacked by a car when they go and chase a ball into the road. Yeah. Like it's a boundary, but it's life-giving because it keeps them safe. Yeah. Like in the That's- same way when Jesus gives us instructions on how to live, it's not, he's not trying to take the fun out of life. Like he even says like, I've come that you may have life and have it abundantly. Yeah. Like he's trying to keep us alive. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a fish living in a fishbowl, you know? Yeah. You could look at that fish and say, man, look at this poor fish. There's a whole world out here. And he's just confined to this, this little boundary, this little bowl. Uh, you know what? Let's just take him out and let him, let him free. And if you take him out and throw him into a field, he's going to flop around and die. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's those, that bowl is a life giving boundary where there's the right pH level, you know, of the water. And, you know, there's the right oxygenation in the, in the water that allows that fish to thrive. And, and that's us, you know, we think that, it, yes, you're right. If I follow Jesus, then I'm going to lose all the fun. Um, I'm not going to be able to go do whatever I want. Well, yeah, yeah, you're not going to be able to go do whatever you want um, because not everything you want is going to be good and beneficial for you. Yeah. He loves you too much to just let you go do whatever you want. If I just let my kids do whatever they want, there'd be chaos. You know, my kids are all into Pokemon right now and they love watching Pokemon. In fact, this morning, my son, Isaiah or Alistair woke us up and said, uh, dad, First thing, not even good morning, not even hi. Just, can I go watch Pokemon? And I was like, well, nice to see you too. And he's like, yeah, good morning. Can I go watch Pokemon? <laughs> okay. So, you know, I let him go watch one episode. But if he had it his way, they'd never leave the couch. Mm-hmm. All they would do is watch Pokemon. They wouldn't do school. They wouldn't go play with friends. And that would be detrimental to their health and to their life. And so you're right. When it comes to those guardrails, those boundaries – they are important because they allow us to thrive. Yeah. 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 I think that's a good broad kind of what it means. You know, what does it look like in our life that Jesus is Lord is we just submit to his direction and, and his way of doing things and, you know, get over ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and this isn't easy, you know, like no, this is one of all. those things that like, I mean, I, you know, I think all of us, we all struggle against sin. We all struggle against that inner rebelliousness that says, I want to do things my way. You know, I, I'll, I know the speed limit says 45 here, but I want to go 70, you know, <clears throat> never mind the fact that it's a privilege to even be on the road, right. To be able to drive. But you know, it's like, there's something in us that says, I want to continue my insurrection. And that's the thing that we have to fight against we have to continually resubmit ourselves to the Lord. And when we find that we've been living in sin, we have, like it says in Hebrews, man, I keep quoting Hebrews. I'm starting to turn into you. You're welcome. Like it says in Hebrews, you know, that we can 
confidently, we can boldly approach the throne of grace. You know, that when we have continued, when we've continued our rebellion, when we have fallen into sin, we can return back to the Lord, to his throne room, right? I love that it says throne, not his seat or his chair, but his throne. And it's a throne of grace, not of judgment, condemnation, uh, you know, justice or wrath, but a throne of grace. And when we resubmit ourselves to the Lord Jesus, King Jesus, we're met with grace and mercy and forgiveness. So that's just, uh, I think that's part of what it looks like to live a life with Jesus as King is to fight against our, our rebellion, uh, our own rebellion. And even when we do fall back into old insurrectionist habits, uh, we return back to the Lord and seek his mercy once again. That's, that's good. So, well, I hope this was uh, helpful, kind of like we said uh, before, kind of just giving you a running start to think through uh, these things, give you kind of a foundation to to build upon. Uh, and so hope you'll be back on the next episode where we are going to talk about the virgin birth, which is Woo! a big deal, uh, yeah. very divisive a lot of times. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so I hope to see you on the next episode. Pastor Joe, as always, thank you for joining us giving your insight and wisdom good stuff man thank you andrew all right we'll see you guys next week